welcome back to God in Therapy with your favorite therapist, Tara Body. Welcome into the therapy space. So again, if you, after this segment or any other show that you've watched, would like to receive mental health counseling, check me out. Go to my website at tarabody.com under services, and you can either schedule a free consultation or a therapy session. Also, I want you all to engage with me and tell me if there are other subjects and topics you want me to dive a little bit deeper in, give you a little bit more clarity on, or something in your heart and mind that you just wish somebody would speak about and speak on. And you want to know whatever it is that God may say through me about this particular subject, I want you to email me at info at tarabody.com. All right, so let's get into the conversation today because remember, everything I'm talking about, you're talking about it. So if it's coming up here, it's because there was a client that was dealing with it. Um, so I have a lot of clients. Let me just begin this by saying I have a lot of clients that really struggle um, in their relationships. They say, Tara, I just don't know how to connect with people. I don't have a best friend. I don't have a bestie. I don't even think I got real friends. Now, this is not from a 12-year-old. This is from a 52-year-old. It's people in their 40s and 50s saying, I don't have real relationships. I don't feel really connected to anybody. I don't think I don't have that, that best friend I can go to to talk about the real stuff, to hang with, that I can lean on, pray for me. I don't have it. And um, this is a, a big issue with a lot of people that they may have had friends in their teens, their 20s, but the relationships didn't last. People fell out, f fall off. We don't know what happened. But a lot of people walking around saying, I don't have a close connection. I don't have a girlfriend I can call or a guy saying, I don't have guy friends. And they think they're thinking something must be wrong with me. Well, you're right and you're wrong at the same time. First of all, there's nothing wrong with you as an individual. Like everything, we said this before, everything God made is good. He said it is. But your training has maybe caused you not to have something we like to call relational intelligence. So, Tara, what is relational intelligence? It's the ability to build healthy, hold, and long-lasting relationships. It's to have the capacity the knowledge and the wisdom to be able to make your relationships work because relationships do take work I don't care who you're watching on social media and you say they have such a great bond that is so cool that relationship took work that wasn't just two awesome people finding each other and having an awesome relationship because every human being has experiences flaws weaknesses things they got to work through so when we meet people be ready to work. Be ready to say, I'm about to engage into an encounter with another human being that may not be like me, may not think like me, may not have the experiences I have, and who also don't know me. They don't know you. They saw you at the, the, the function or the party or the, or the or church or wherever you were, and they may have liked something they saw in you, but they don't know you. I don't care if y'all went on four lunch dates. They don't know you not yet. They don't know you. They don't know how you respond to conflict. They don't know how you communicate. They don't know your triggers. They don't know anything about you. So when you first meet people, your first thought is, I'm about to start studying this person. But a lot of people don't think that when they meet people is, I now have to learn this new individual that God has just entered into my life. 
their thing is, let me see how much fun I can get out of them and what we can get out of each other. <laughs> so the problem is when the getting out of somebody has ended or you don't see anything you can gain or get from them, you're bored, you're over it, and you say, well, I, I don't see it working out. I don't, I don't see a connection. You never connected. You never sought to study this person. And see, here's the other issue is going into situations saying that you should, something in your heart should say, I know they have a history because everybody has one. I know there are people that may have let them down. There may be situations they have going on. Those are the first things you probably need to kind of look for a dig into because you're going to have to know how to work through conflict with people because conflicts are going to arise. I'll say that even for those who are looking for marriages and perfect marriages where there is no conflict, it doesn't exist. Conflict is always going to happen because you have two people. So I want to talk about this in this parenting series, this, this season of parenting, because some of us were trained not to function well in relationships. Everything that we are, we were trained. Let's go back to the scripture. Parents, train up your children in the way they should go. And when they are old, they will not depart from it. Some of you were trained to be dysfunctional in your relationships and you are not departing from it. You may say, well, I'm just not sociable. I'm just not a good friend. I don't. You were trained to be the way that you are. And you may say, well, my parents are sociable people and they have friends. Yeah, but they didn't help you deal with your your social intelligence, your relational intelligence. They didn't help you deal with yours. And there are some parents that are extremely sociable and you don't understand why your child can't connect with people and make friends. So you're just like, that's just part of their personality. They're just going to be alone. And you don't feel that there's anything you can do to breed good social skills in your children. You don't believe you can help them learn and gain and be trained and grow in that area. No, yes, you can. Yes, you can. And let's start with the why you have to. You have to help train your children for good social skills and relational intelligence because God said it is not good for man to be alone. <laughs> your children cannot disciple for Christ, do the things God has for them to do if they plan on living on an island and not connecting with people. One of the greatest things you can have on your Christian walk is fellowship with other believers and accountability. But if your child is a quote unquote loner and does not want to connect with people and you have allowed them to own that personality trait and to say, well, that's just how I am. I like to stay to myself and I don't really connect with people. And you're saying, well, that's just you. You have now created a barrier that God cannot bless them through relationships. Any training that God may have wanted them to get and you didn't give it, they now won't get it because they don't know how to build relationships because we are limited sometimes. We're limited with our parents on what we'll get. You're not going to get everything from your parents. Parents, you're not going to give your children everything. There are other things they will learn through relationships and connections with other people. So relational intelligence is very important. So how do I build children that know how to function in relationships. And some of you, as I give these tips, I want you to understand why, where some of your dysfunctions are coming from and why you are responding to people a certain type of way because of certain things that were built in you. And as you listen to what I'm saying, I pray that you begin to change your perspective and say, 
I need to either inform the people that I'm in relationship with why I'm like this and that I plan on trying to come out of this. Or I need to just say, God, help me through this because now I know why I function like this in my relationships. God, thank you for the clarity. Now help me. So the first thing I want to talk to you about parents is allowing your children to voice their opinions. And you say, well, what does that have to do with relational building and relational intelligence? If you don't allow your children to voice their opinions and speak, this is what will happen later on in relationships. Anytime they feel as if someone's not letting them speak, they immediately are either going to shut down or they're going to scream and be enraged because they're sick of not being heard. When you engage in communication with your children and you allow them to speak back, not talk back, you know how we say, don't talk back to me. It's not about talking back to you. It is about your children responding to you in communication and you listening to them and hearing them and responding back to them with the patience, with the love, with the understanding, the seeking to understand. That child will grow up believing that when I speak, people hear me. I don't have to yell at people. I don't have to go off on people. They're going to grow up with proper communication skills with their friends and their spouses. They're not going to need to over talk people because people have waited patiently and let them get their thoughts out and let them speak. We know that if you're in a relationship with someone or you're in a friendship with people, part of that is good communication. Part of that is both people feeling heard. So how is my child going to communicate for great relationships if I don't teach them how to communicate when we're speaking? Even when your children are in trouble or something they did wrong, there should be a dialogue where you are asking them, okay, can you tell me why you did that, why you thought about that, why did you choose that course of action? Then you allow that child to give you the reasons. Give them and, and listen. Say, okay, uh-huh, I'm listening. Tell me why you did Okay, all right. So that's what you thought, all right. And without you getting angry and saying, well, that's stupid. I don't understand why you thought that. I don't that no, because if you do that, now this child is gonna grow up with anxiety about speaking their opinions, their truths, or their level of thought and or what they're they are thinking because they believe it's not gonna be accepted in the room. So now this child is not gaining that sense of communication, or they're gonna feel like this person is gonna shut me down. I hear a lot of, in, in, in couples therapy, a lot of spouses talking about how their spouse cut, just shuts down whenever there's a conflict, whenever there's a disagreement. The spouse just shuts down, don't want to talk. Well, that's because your spouse probably was raised in a household when conflict, um, conflicting situations happen, their voice wasn't heard anyway. So they have a pattern of just being quiet when conflict happens of just allowing the other person to speak, the other person to get, to get loud and not speaking up because they believe they're not going to be heard and what they are saying is not going to be respected. Another tip is, or another, another part of this, is allowing your children to make mistakes and help them come to a solution. How does that help in relationship building? Your child needs to believe that 
it is okay that I not be perfect everywhere for everybody and that other people are not going to be perfect either. This is going to lead to your children doing the next thing, which is teaching them to give grace to others and being compassionate. As I said before, everybody is flawed. Everybody has experiences, weaknesses, and triggers. They're not going to find this perfect person to be in relationships with, this perfect person to be in friendships with. Your children are going to meet children and adults throughout their life who are not perfect. And they should not meet these people with such a judgmental overtone or saying, as soon as I find a flaw in them, I'm out because they're not good enough to be friends with me. They're not good enough to be in a relationship with me. Um, Your child is flawed, too. (laughs) They're going to have their own issues, too. And somebody is going to have to give them grace. Now, when you allow your child to make mistakes and you meet them with grace, you are teaching them again They don't have to be perfect and they are still loved because what you don't want is a child growing up, hiding their imperfections, hiding their mistakes, hiding what they don't know because they feel like somebody is going to think they're less than or judge them. Have you ever worked for a boss or a supervisor that just couldn't admit that they were wrong? Have you ever been in a relationship with somebody or a friendship with somebody that could not admit that they were wrong or made a mistake? And that may have irritated you with that person. Like, okay, you were wrong. Just say you're wrong. They can't. (laughs) They simply cannot. Because in their life, anytime they were wrong, they will be rated and demeaned and devalued for simply making a mistake. So their confidence is connected to them being imperfect. So if my confidence and who I believe that I am and my worth is connected to my mistakes, I'm not going to say I have any. I'm not going to admit that I'm wrong. (laughs) I'm not going to admit that I made a mistake. And even if I did do admit it, I'm going to tell you I did it because something you did. A lot of people are just not, They don't have the self-esteem or security to say, oh, yeah, I messed up on that. Oh, yeah, that was wrong. How do you build a person that does that? Parents, you have to let your kids know, you know, all human beings make mistakes. It's okay you got that wrong. It's okay you messed up. Oh, it's okay you spilled that. Oh, it's okay you broke that. Okay, what are you going to do next time to try to um, not do that? Let's come up with solutions. And then when your kids come up with solutions, say, good job. Now, that's a great idea. Let's try that. Let's see if it works. Because you're probably going to end up in this situation again. This probably is going to come up again. Let's try that and let me know how that works. Because you're going to probably have to practice a lot of different ways to not be in this situation. To build your child's confidence, you have to let them know things like your decision was a good decision. You have to tell them. I mean, it's small things. I have a kid, let me tell you, um, and I'm always going to bring my kids in this segment. She dresses very unique. She just puts a um, set of patterns together um, when she's deciding clothes that um, I particularly wouldn't wear, like, at all. And I'm going to admit, when I started seeing my child dressed like this, when I started letting her dress herself, let's say around seven, eight, you know, start letting her pick out her clothes 
And when I mean pick them out, I bought the clothes, so I kind of knew, but she would match stuff together that I would have to tell her, like, why would you match that together? I just don't see what, what we're going for, like that stripes and polka dots. So that's like orange with a hot pink with a beige and a brown. Like, what's happening here? It's just a lot going on. And I'm not a fashionista, but I'm just like, you ain't going nowhere with me like that. I'm going to tell y'all what I said. I, will, I would admit what I said. You're not going out of the house with me like that. What are we doing? <laughs> and the truth of it, and I, this is why I love the Lord. He had to really help me because I would get really aggravated with her. Me and her, her dad would be like, Don't, no. Like, she, everybody else would come down the stairs. Everybody's looking great. Then she would come down. And we're like, no, no. We just go, go back. We not. And she would be so upset because she really didn't understand what was the problem with what she had on. She didn't understand. Like, oh, my God, I thought I was amazing when I looked in the mirror and I come down. And it's judgment. Every time I come down these stairs, it's judgment with my clothes. Judgment. And so God had to help me with that. He said, the problem's not her, it's you. Okay. All right. What, what, how am I feeling in this moment? What's happening? He really revealed to me because he was like, you're aggravated every time she dressed. You need to deal with that. What is wrong? And the core of what was wrong with me is I was feeling embarrassed. She was not. <laughs> She didn't mind going out in public, but I was afraid of people judging me based on what she was wearing. It had nothing to do with her feelings because she didn't care. <laughs> so when I would say crazy stuff like people going to judge you and people going to think you don't know how to dress up, people going to say this. And she's like, OK, like what people like, do they know me? They in my family. They they pay my bills like, you know, my kids. It's, she got a mouth like a mama. But she was just like, I mean, why would I care about what other people think if I'm perfectly happy with what I have on? And I realized that my child had a skill that I didn't have. Mm. My child had a confidence <laughs> that I didn't have, <laughs> that I wasn't trained to have. She did not care what other people thought. And here I am as a parent, training her to care what other people thought. I was training her to fix her dress and what she did and her personality to what would make other people feel better and more comfortable around her so she wouldn't irritate anybody with her unique style. <laughs> and my daughter is the people that end up, you know, starting the fashion trends. My daughter, her uniqueness, this is where all the fashion comes from. Somebody out of the box deciding that those colors do go together. Those patterns do go together. And I was killing it in her. So early in her age, I was saying, don't be unique. Don't be outside of the box. It's safer in the box. In the box, there is no judgment. In the box, people don't dislike you. When we all know people will dislike you for your pinky toe. It don't matter anything on you. It don't matter what you got or don't have. Somebody's going to dislike you. But as a parent, I was making her care about it. Ah, I was teaching her to be a people pleaser and didn't even know. And so all that got killed. <laughs> I said, girl, go out looking like a unicorn, a clown, a circus. I, you know, I, and it got to the point where. She would come down the stairs and I would say, I see, I see what you're trying to do there. Okay, okay. 
And it's funny because as she would go out in the public, people would compliment her. Like, seriously, kids, adults, they would say, I like that. And I'm looking like, okay. (laughs) And, you know, I would admit my daughter and my other children's fashion sense started making me wear colors. I did not wear colors. I'm going to admit that. I wore browns and beiges for a greater portion of my life. Brown, beige, white, black. Don't look at me. Don't see me. No judge me. Don't judge me. Because I grew up, of course, in the high school where people just go in on you about your clothes. So I wanted to be safe. I didn't have confidence. My parent hadn't built it in me. My parent was very concerned about other people and their perception of you. And my parent came out of that generation. You know, the generations before us, it was important that people thought that you were clean, kept and proper and in the box. Because I remember my mother saying things like people, they, they, they'll mistreat you. If you don't look a certain way, they'll mistreat you. And so I just didn't want to be mistreated. She, my mother didn't want me to be mistreated. So she she um, created that in the box thinking. And I didn't want my baby to be mistreated. But my baby, she said, I, I, don't, I don't care if they don't want to talk to me because I got on a certain type of clothes. We're good. And, and her clothes were always appropriate. It's just I just didn't understand the patterns. Um, but I'm, I let her live. And especially parents, if you got preteens, um, when they're in middle school, you're talking 10, 11, 12, 13. That's the age where they are starting to find their freedom. And they're going to fight you on everything in those. They're going to, I don't eat that no more. I don't like that no more. That ain't how I do it. My teacher said this. My friend said this. So I'm going to save you some pain and some stress. Let them choose the clothes. (laughs) Save yourself that battle and say, hey, hey, as long as it's appropriate and within school guidelines and appropriate for where we're going, do you, baby. And you will build confidence in your child. You will build a leader that is good with decision making so that when they build relationships with other people, they're not just connecting to people um, that want to change them. People that are not okay with who they are. They will be so confident in themselves that other people will be drawn to them. Because people are drawn to confidence, believe it or not. It's not about the clothing. It's about I want to be friends with a person that could go out in public dressed like that and be just fine. <laughs> people are attracted to people who have joy and happiness about who they are and don't really allow anybody to crush their spirit. So I want to also talk about this last one. To help your child build good relationships, you need to teach and model esteeming others higher than themselves. Because we are innately selfish, everyone. You, me, everybody when we're born. Remember? Mine, 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 mine. Teach your children to want to serve to a certain level of degree the greater population. Philippians 2 and 3 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourself. I'm going to go a little further with God. Psalms 37 and 11 said, but the meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. And, 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 and my grandma would say it short in a short way. The meek shall inherit the earth. 
Teach your children that loving other people, being kind, compassionate, and graceful to other people is how you receive the favor of God. It is not about bulldozing over people, running over people, going after yourself, because that's the culture. This capitalistic culture we live in does not line up with the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God says, give and it shall be given unto you. The culture says, take everything in your sight, even from them too. And that's how you're going to have things. And that's not true. God says it's the meek and meek. If you look up the definition, the Greek word meek, it's, it, it means gentleness. Those who are gentleness and not, they are gentle and not self-willed or self-centered. If you have a child and you just say, my child is just confident. That's why they walk the way they walk. Okay, make sure that that confident child is also a compassionate child. That leader that you're building also knows that leaders have to first serve. That child that runs in the door before everybody to get their plate before everybody, you need to teach them, hey, sweetheart, hey, sweetheart. True leaders love to serve first and allow others to go first sometimes. You'll never lose out by serving because the word of God says so. Because some of our kids have a lot of confidence, and that's beautiful. You say, my kid, you know, that, all right. But on top of that, let's build compassion for others. Letting your child know it's the one that serves that becomes the greatest leader. It's the one that connects with real people that actually ends up prospering, that actually ends up having a peaceful life. Don't teach your child it's a doggy dog world and get yours because nobody's going to give it to you. You can actually teach your child to be paranoid of people. There are parents without you knowing you are teaching your child that they won't have any friends and that nobody's really their friend. You're telling them, you know, you can't trust anybody. Yes, they can. And in fact, if they don't trust people, they got to trust God. That whoever he connects them with, can bless their life. They have to learn to use the discernment of of God, but they can't be on an island. Stop teaching your children not to connect with people. That is ungodly. It's ungodly. And you're teaching them to be relationally dysfunctional. And a lot of you adults, I hope you kind of clicked in on a couple of things. There are some things, some parental practices that you were trained under is the reason why you are paranoid of people. You don't have grace for people. You don't, you don't respect other people's uniqueness. You're not happy in your relationships because you have changed to fit other people instead of owning your personality and being okay with yourself. So even those of you who have friends, you're still not happy because they don't really know the real you because you're afraid they're going to leave. No. You have to connect with people that want to know the real you. They want to know what you really like, what your opinions really are. If you're in relationships with people and you can't speak up, they're not authentic anyway. They're not real relationships. They're in a relationship with the fake version of you. They're not in a relationship with you. And so if you want to talk more about this in therapy, you know where you can find me on tarabody.com. And I'm going to pray for you today. Because some of you, this is a really depressing issue on your heart that it's hard for you to get friends and keep them. But I want to tell you, there's an opportunity for you still. I don't care how old you are. It's an opportunity for you to make more friends. It's an opportunity for you to build relationships. Some of you are going to take the same advice 
into your relationships, your romantic relationships. You got to be willing to study people. You got to be willing to listen to them. You have to be willing to give them grace. But parents, if you teach them now and you take that time to stop and connect with them and build confidence in them and compassion in them, they can grow up with some really amazing relational intelligence. They can. So let us go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, I pray that the listener, the person today, God, that you help them, Lord, to build great relational skills, Lord, because you want that for us, God. You want us to be in fellowship. You don't want us to be alone. And you want us to learn from each other and gain from one another, God. That is your divine purpose in order to help us reach full potential. So, God, I pray for this person today that you heal any wounds of past broken relationships, God, but you open their heart and mind up for the new ones. And, God, as they meet new people, God, guide them in those relationships. Let them know when they're going into bad training God and tell them when to pivot God and look at the situation differently God allow them to have introspection where they look within themselves and find out what's going on with them before they point it out to the other person God we love you we adore you God you are the best friend for all of us and we thank you so much for today in Jesus Christ's name we pray well everybody that is our show today I hope you enjoyed it And I hope you visit the website. Again, this is Tara Body with God in Therapy. Have a great evening. Mm -hmm.